In the vast landscape of personal transformation, every individual's journey is unique, filled with diverse experiences, struggles, and triumphs. Recognizing the power of storytelling as a catalyst for growth and connection, a journal club emerges as a vibrant space for people to gather, share, and inspire one another along their transformative paths. Welcome to the Pond Journal Club, a space where participants bring their narratives to life, weaving together the threads of their personal journeys. The club serves as a platform where individuals can openly express their emotions, reflect on their challenges, and celebrate their achievements. It is a space where vulnerability is embraced and participants find solace in knowing that they are not alone in their transformations. The purpose of this journal club extends beyond mere storytelling. It fosters a sense of community, providing a supportive network for individuals who share similar aspirations and experiences. By actively participating in the club, participants create connections and forge meaningful relationships based on empathy, understanding, and shared growth. As members take turns sharing their stories, the Journal Club becomes a wellspring of inspiration. Each perspective serves as a source of motivation, offering valuable lessons, insights, and strategies for overcoming obstacles, pursuing personal growth. Ultimately, the Live Journal Club serves as a transformative catalyst, empowering individuals to embrace their stories and take ownership of their personal growth. It cultivates a safe and nurturing space where narratives intertwine fostering empathy, encouragement, and the unwavering belief that everyone has the potential to grow, evolve, and find fulfillment in their transformational journeys. Welcome to the Don't Be Coy Journal Club. We are honored for your attendance and hope your experience provides value on your personal journal. I'm Uncle Lou, he, him pronouns, and my wellness score for today Honestly, I would say it's a seven. I went on a really good bike ride early this morning. Um, gonna go tubing and some more outdoor activities later on today. So I'm feeling pretty good on this Sunday. And with that, I'll pass it to Brian. Hello everyone, Brian, he, him pronoun. My wellness score, I'm gonna say is about a four today. Four, maybe five. Yesterday, I was reminded that I can't do what I used to do. I went to a brunch for a birthday celebration and I brushed a little too hard. And I had plans to go to an event at five and I went to sleep around 3.30. I woke up at nine o'clock, y'all. So I'm still trying to recover from that and drink my water. And I'm in the process of moving. It's just a lot going on. I got a little overwhelmed Thursday, but that's why I'm about a four. I'm coming back. Towards the seven, but maybe about four or five, I'll say. My name is Irene Ball, pronouns she, her. My wellness score is, I'd say, an eight. This weekend has been great, and I left the gym, so I'm feeling very active. My name is Milton, vegan pronouns. My wellness score today is about an eight, just because I'm a little, I'm a little tired, in a good way. I'm, I'm tired because I've been enjoying my friends, and we've been just in the streets as we do and working on things and, and editing and all types of stuff. So I'm a little tired, but I am over overjoyed with being able to be in the same space with them and and the outlook on the future of our own podcast. And so I'm about an 8.5. You give me a nap, I'll be at a 10. I'm David. I'm also one third of the millennials. He, him pronouns. Today, I'm at about a six or seven. 
leaning more toward a seven. I'm okay. I'm just tired mentally. Uh, a lot of moving parts. These guys know I got some dis disturbing text message before we got on. Nothing bad, but it's just a lot to think about. And I try to consider other people before I make decisions. So that's where I am right now. But all is well. Hello, my name is Denzel. I'm the last piece of millennials. He young pro Adam. I say I'm about a 10 today. I'm tired as well, but anytime around them was a good time. I'll get rest when I go to work. But other than that, I'm just it. Sounds great. Sounds great. So let's go ahead and start off with a little bit of an icebreaker as we usually like to start. So the question is, what's one weekly activity you feel contributes positively to your life? So we got biking, prayer, new music, and barber. And art. I love it. Barber. I should have put that. That's not what you picked. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I, who put Barber? Daddy. I picked Bart. Yeah. That's an opportunity where I get to just chill, you know. Or this, there's something about a new hair, fresh hair to it. Yeah. No, I feel that completely. I was thinking in my head, you get that done on the weekly, you got money. I'd go every week too, David. A week? Yeah, I go every week. Every Thursday. But you know what? It... I did even when I was in school and wasn't working full time. I just had to make some stuff shape. Yeah, make a shape. It's a meal. Help them do something. You know, I didn't put bar, but I put prayer. Actually, I put prayer. Not that I only pray once a week, but I put prayer because it's when I get my direction for the day and stuff and get my peace when I get overwhelmed, that kind of thing. So that's what I put. If I had to go for a second choice, definitely would be barber. What about you, Ira? Oh, I put making art and working out. I've gotten more into creating different pieces and it's still really like calming. And I was like, working out keeps my anger down and stress. So you gotta stay with that. What kind of art do you create? I do acrylic painting. Oh. Yeah. I like uh, drawing space, like the stars, planet. Like one thing I like, I should share it. You should share it. I don't know. You should get ready to share. She, what you play? I put. I like to listen to new music. I just get a little time throughout the week and just see like what new type of music has been released. But I like just judging and seeing how far. It went. Yeah, on one of y'all episodes, y'all talked about something. Oh, it's not cute. It's actually. I, I like making it like texture. So like this is like cotton, and then this is like a fabric, and it's, and it's like a symbol of like my siblings, actually. Really? Yeah. I have three sisters, and that's me. They're my world. Yeah. So, yeah, art gallery. I, mean, so... I, I actually want to be an art curator. That's my retirement job. I know the listener. Look, there's no right thing. We'll come. We'll purchase. <laughs> what about you, Milton? I chose self care because I feel, I just feel so much better about myself, and it clears my head, and it just puts me in a mind space to be productive when I take care of myself. And that can be anything from red or just saying no, setting a boundaries. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take care of use this time to take care of myself and to pour back into myself. Because I feel like all of us with any sliver of empathy find ourselves pouring into a lot of other people outside of ourselves a lot. And so I try to at least set some time weekly to pour back into myself, whether it's taking 
I think I said to them today, I wish I could just take me a hot ad. Like stuff like that really just, it does it for me. And I'm glad that you said, when you talked about self-care, you said staying no and setting boundaries. A lot of times people think self-care, I'm taking a bubble bath. I'm going to get my nails done. No, it, it's also saying, no, you know what? I'm not doing this today. Uh, I can't support you with that today. I'm not coming to that event today. I'm not going to drink more than three mimosas at brunch just because y'all drink it, which is what I should have said yesterday. That's very important when it comes to self-care. All right. What's next, Uncle Lou? So I think for today, our topic of discussion is going to be habits of transformation. So in thinking about like those weekly activities, I'm curious, Brian, and I see someone else put prayer in there as well. What initiated that particular habit that you decided to do, noticing that it brings positivity into your week? I grew up in church, but the church I grew up in, a small family church, they didn't talk about prayer the way I know prayer today. It was just, you need to pray every day. Thank God for this and that, asking for this and that. But as I began to learn more about prayer, I realized that if I wanted direction and I wanted peace, I needed to do this. And so what brought it on is just a lot of confusion and like anxiousness, anxiety, that kind of thing. So whenever I feel those things rising up in me, which they come almost every day because it's just, I'm, I have anxiety. But when I feel it rise up in me, really, I know that I'm not spending as much time in prayer as I should. And so it always makes me come back to center. Okay, what's going on? Because I feel that is not a fruit of the spirit. And if I am a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit, that I shouldn't be overwhelmed so much by anxiety and confusion and restlessness and anger and strife. So those things, when they come up, it always pushes me back to prayer to mm. figure out what's the root of it and how to get it out. Yeah. How to do that. Yeah. No, it, it sounds like to me, it serves as a really grounding opportunity and I was talking with someone yesterday and he asked me a very peculiar question. He was like, Melvin, do you have a, a third place? And I was like, third place, what do you mean by that? And he was like, well, you have work and then you go to that place for work and then you have home and then you do whatever it is that you have at home. But where do you go whenever you had enough stress from work or had enough stress from home to just get out of that space and kind of ground yourself? and that really made me ponder a lot because I think that when it comes to finding that space and finding those habits, you have to do just what you said, be able to figure out something that can be grounding towards you. And I really and truthfully resonate with that. And so I just wanted to call that out. I like that question and it's not on my list of questions, but I want to add it to my list of questions. I like that. What is your third place? So what was your answer? I just, I told him that's something that I'm looking for right now. As I put as my weekly activity that contributes to my positivity, I put biking. And that's something that I just started getting into maybe about a month ago. But I really enjoyed it because, one, it's reflective for me because it reminds me of a time when I was younger. I used to go ride bikes with my dad or friends in the neighborhood. It also gives me a quiet time where I can listen to an audio book or talk to my mom or whoever on the phone. And I honestly just can be my most present self because you got to pay attention to the road, but also you're just seeing all the beautiful sights from a different perspective that you wouldn't necessarily see 
driving in a car or walking down the road. So it's really been, I would say, a third place for me right now. But I've also dabbled into getting back into golfing, really any kind of outdoor activity that just takes me out of my home. David, do you have a third place? I, I absolutely do. And normally, in a perfect world, it is in my car. And oftentimes, it happens when I'm on my way to work. And whatever it is I'm dealing with or whatever it is I'm going through, me and the angels have it out on my car ride to work. And I have walked into work sometimes with my eyes, bloodshot red, just giving God praise or petitioning the throne for whatever it is that I need or for whatever it is that I want. And yeah, the car is where I give it to them. Listen, I like, you had me a petition the throne. When I grew up in church, my, my first pastor's name was Hardy Lewis, and he's always say before altar call, we're going to petition the throne of grace. And I haven't heard anyone use that phrase in, I know, 20 years. So thank you for that memory, Dave. My third place is my garden. And when I'm doing art, because it's my creative outlet, I have to, like with, with painting, I have to really focus on how I'm going to uh, mix these colors and combine them on the canvas. So I'm really like, focus on that one thing. So that's like one of my space. And then with garden, it's like problem solving. I I have a problem with certain uh, bugs or animals and I'm figuring out. And then um, the reward is having to harvest different vegetables and actually eat them. So I have a lot of places, actually. I mean, I like five. We need to get Irania. Oh, I like that. I think for me, mine... The one I can think of right now, I love coffee shops. I love coffee shops. I feel like when I go there and I get a cup of coffee and a good playlist, I feel like I can change the world. So whether I'm going to read a book, do some work, or just people watch, whatever, listen to a po podcast or whatever, I feel like when I'm going there, I can do just about anything. So I love a good coffee shop. I wish I was more athletic or into fitness. Uncle Luke could ride a bike but that is not my thing. Or Irene is going to the gym. I'd rather just sit and drink my coffee. But yeah. Thank y'all for sharing that. Anybody else want to go before we move on? I go. I used to reward, I used to listen to music or whatnot and just enjoy the art of music. And sometimes music can help you understand what you're feeling because sometimes you can't express how you're feeling and you listen to the right song, you'll do that. Earlier this year, before I moved, I used to go to a nature park and I would do walk around and jog a little bit. But I just recently moved. So I think now I'm, what I'm doing, like, I'm a car freak. Sometimes Sunday morning, I just get up and go ride around and see if I found a car beat or I can go to like the car lots and just look at the different what's on the lot. Just that's what I do. And it brings me peace because that's what I like. Love it. I love it. I think that's a really good pivot into like our discussion for today around like, building those habits of transformation. So I'm about to post the next question. And the question asks, when it comes to building habits towards a personal goal, which factor do you find most challenging? And so we have 25% for consistency, 25% for time management, and then 50% for overcoming resistance. So I think let's start right there. I know that was my personal answer too. And I can just share a little bit of from my perspective. So when it comes to just building habits in general, I can start myself for saying, okay, this is a goal that I want to set myself to do. I can be consistent, hold my accountability. 
But when that incline gets a little bit too steep and it seems like the progress I'm making is shorter than the effort that I'm putting in, then it just starts to become really overwhelming. And I want to decide to either just quit or just come up with a whole new goal that's a little bit easier. So I don't know how that lands for anyone else. For me, I think it's just, it's not what I can control. I think it's what I can't control that kind of scares me and it slows me down on the whole thing. I can't control time. Like you said, you feel like you're putting in 100% and you're only getting like 25% worth of the, it shows that you're only getting 25% of the goal. You're putting, you feel like you're doing everything you're supposed to. And that's me. I have to learn that you can't control everything, but do what you can do. And let the other, you know, let the rest fall in play. And it's not always going to hit your tire from you, but you just got to stick it. Yeah, no, for sure. Sure. I see you over there nodding a lot, Brian. You got any thoughts? One, I'm thinking that you, you still in my question. And two, two, I agree with that. Sometimes it's things that are out of our control, but I put consistency. I could be inconsistent with stuff a lot. Like I'll say, I'm going to do this and that. And I'll do it one day and the next day. I just, oh, well, I feel like getting up to do it today. I'll just do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes. So I can be very inconsistent with things. So that's my issue. I don't, I guess there's a little bit of overcoming resistance, but it's mostly just consistent. Mine was uh, time management. And with mine is I don't have a problem with being consistent. I don't have a problem with overcoming like resistance. But there are certain things that I know I need to give more time to where I'm just like, if I give 30 minutes a day, when well, that's not the case. So I can't manage the time very well for when I need to um, invest a little more to actually get something out of these different spaces or activities that I'm in. So that's my issue. I chose I chose time management too, and I I really relate to what you're saying. It's hard to find the balance of it all because you have so much on your plate, and everything deserves its due. But it's just hard trying to find the time to give this particular thing what it needs to grow. I'm gonna go back to, and, and relate to your garden. Give it all of the nutrients and all of the time that it needs to grow into something that you're ready to harvest. But you also have this particular thing over here that needs just as much if not more and it's, it's just hard trying to find for me it's hard trying to find the balance of it all for my garden to really flourish yeah i agree with that because i chose consistency however time management is a very important part of consistency like you all said i do struggle with being consistent but i think that it comes to a lack of organization and knowing exactly how much time to spend on different tasks. And I think that it can be a flaw, but not necessarily. I think I'm good at a lot of different things and I want to do it all. Everybody can tell you that's my biggest flaw is I want to do it all. And I am going to do it all, but it's just about, it's about prioritizing things in the right space so that I can give it my best self every time. And I want to offer another perspective to that, to the time management aspect of it all. Sometimes it's not even about not having enough time or not knowing how to spend the time on a particular thing. Sometimes I know for me and David and probably other people, sometimes your spirit of perfectionism just, it won't let you put something down mm -hmm. to go focus on something else. And so that is something that I've had to work through as like I'm doing this podcast and work and just trying to balance it all. That 
Yes, to everything David Nielsen just said with that bit of perfectionism and wanting to do all the things. I'm the same way. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go over and do that. And there's just not enough time in the day. And then when I do get focused on something, I want it to look like I want my graphic to look like David's graphic. David has much more skill and that's not my strong suit. And I've had to tell myself, you just got to create it and move on. Put it out there. And as you learn something next week, you add to the But for today, you have to go and put this out there because you can't keep working, working, working. Then you never put it out. And then other things begin to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. You can't juggle all of it because you're so focused on this one. I've been focused on my cucumbers and I'm a squash going down or the watermelon. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Oh, I love these some nice poll questions, Uncle Lou. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I think just transitioning into the conversation around how do we build those kind of habits of transformation? I We have these various different barriers of consistency, accountability, time management, overcoming resistance. But how can we be as most mindful about those things whenever we know that the goal that we have is going to put us into a better place than where we started from, whether it's financial, weight loss goals, or even just saying that some having a low day and say, I'm going to get out the bed today and going to put a smile on somebody's face. Like, how can we become more present and aware of those various barriers that we have and go about overcoming them? Okay, I had this conversation with my therapist this week on how I have to set boundaries with myself where I could tell anybody no, but I don't tell myself no. And learning that I don't have to just try and do everything. I could just receive information and that's good too. And whenever I want to pick it up, I got the information to pick it up to whereas I feel like I got to do it. I got to get it going and have it set up. But I am learning to make boundaries with myself to give myself like just enough room to feel like I'm not getting stretched out because that's the thing that I never looked at is say, telling myself no. Telling myself no. I like that a lot because it's it reminds me of what Daryl was talking about in his episode this week as far as being able to give yourself grace. And like a part of being able to give yourself grace is telling yourself no to give yourself whatever that time is or whatever that space that you need to be able to get to that particular place. And I honestly, I think that's a beautiful thing to learn how to do that. But I'm curious if that's something that I know you literally just talked about it this week, but how have you tried to apply that? Three. There are three things that I give myself outlet, working out, painting, and my garden. I'm not exceeding that. And if I can't manage it, I'm dropping down to two. Oh, I'm dropping down to one. That's the uh, homework that I have to do. So we'll see if I'm successful. Yeah, no, I I love that. It's knowing your capacity. You about to say something? I saw it popping up. Yeah, I go through something very similar to that that I've learned through therapy. And it is, what can't I do today? Either from a time aspect or what I just don't have the capacity for. I just, I cannot do it today. What can I do today? Let's focus on those things. Let's, okay, we already established I cannot do A, B, and C. But if I can do X, Y, and Z today, let's tackle those things. And if I'm really low on the low days where I've literally just just supplied my physiological needs, what can I do today 
or what has to be done today that I don't really have a choice about. And if it, maybe I need to just focus on those things. Maybe I can't work on the podcast today, but maybe I can at least get up and go to the doctor and rip and figure out why my knee feels like it's about to fall off. Maybe just focus on those things that I have to do for either my health, for my mental health, for those things. So let, I go through something similar like that. Like you chop your list down because every day you're not at full capacity. So you're not going, you shouldn't expect yourself to operate that way every day. I would just like to piggyback off of that. It's, it's amazing how capable we are of doing some of these things. And I, and I think that from an educational standpoint, we oftentimes regage or redo our lessons and we create them in chunks. So we chunk the lessons so that students can piece together different aspects or different essential pieces of knowledge to complete a task, right? And I think that we have to be willing to give ourselves the opportunity to take things in chunks. If I can get this much done today, give myself, like you said, some grace to do something else tomorrow. And I think that for myself, being a full-time student, being a full-time teacher, and also basically working on this podcast full-time, they know I'm up at two o'clock in the morning, every morning, creating graphics, doing stuff, sending them text messages. Let's work on this. Let's do that. And that's what I really enjoy to do. But I also enjoy the other aspects of my life. I can definitely give myself grace to do things in smaller portions to still get it all done. Yeah. With me, I just do a lot of self-reflection, like previous activities that if it didn't go right, what did I do wrong? And like, why? And trying to understand, actually, you have to learn more about yourself so you can know what motivates you and what puts you in these moods where you feel like you don't want to do something that's within your control. I like that conversation. It, it makes me think about this question because we're talking about like how habits can be like the secret sauce to your personal growth and being the best version of yourself and saying no to you, to yourself and to other people, building boundaries, giving yourself grace, all that good stuff. And it makes you think about in the sense of habits, how do you know when a habit is serving your well-being or if it's hindering your personal growth? Because we think about habits, we all have them. The things we do day in and day out or every day, but all of them aren't good or aren't good for us rather. So how do we differentiate between the ones that are serving our best self and the ones that are hindering personal growth? Like how do y'all do that? Yeah, I wanna jump into this one real quick because it's something that I'm undertaking currently right now. So I have a particular habit that isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, but it is something that can be perceived by others as not in a line with my character. And so with that, what I've done is looked at the particular habit and then assessed it with my current values. So like when I think about faith, family and self or finances or something of that nature, is this something that is helping me towards my finances? Is it helping me meet, reach my goal? Is this something that I could do around my family, like my mom or future kids? And ultimately, what is this bringing to me? Is it just bringing a nice little bump of happiness, which is okay sometimes because we need those little bit bumps, but is it something that's sustainable enough that is actually worth the value that I'm putting myself into it? And 
for me, that's something that I've had to ask myself about certain habits that I had. And it's been a challenge as far as course correcting, because I've been of the thought that if you take something away, you need to fill it with something else. But that's what I would say as far as is like a, a bit of a challenge for me. So you see if it aligns with your like, core values, so to mm-hmm. speak. And I like to say, can I do this around my mom or my friends? Is it contributing to my overall goal? Anyone else on that? How do y'all differentiate between what one is serving your best self or hindering your personal growth? Personally, I do have some habits that I feel like do not necessarily serve the direction that I am going. But I think that it's like Denzel said, you have to have some time for self-recollection and you ask yourself, okay, so how does this benefit me and how does it hinder me? And this specific habit, I think, hinders me a little bit more than what it, it, it hinders me way more than what it benefits me. And I think that is something that I'll be definitely working on, like working on how to maneuver around that and not filling that space with something else. And I think that those self-recollections for me come through prayer, through prayer and just having silent time with God. And sometimes praying consists of you sitting there and saying nothing because God can hear your heart sometimes when you say nothing. And you can also hear him when you're quiet and you allow him to tell you when your soul or your spirit says that's not right or you shouldn't be doing that or when are you going to move on and and let this go? That is your spirit self telling you it's time to let that go. And we have to make sure that we can get in the car and praise God all day long. But if he's telling you something, you're not listening or adhering to it, then we become at fault for those things. And those things can destroy us. You have to be honest with yourself too. Because sometimes when you make decisions, it might seem like to be the better decision at the time. Long term, it's not the best decision. And you can hear yourself. You can hear that little voice in your ears. But that wasn't right. So sometimes you just have to really, some people lie to themselves. I'm not. So like recently, financially, like I, I have a lack of spending problem. So sometimes when I go buy stuff or when I go buy cookies and stuff, I'm like, they get eat these, right? They got food at home. So it's like little things like that. You have to really talk to yourself and be honest with yourself. Okay. That's not contributing to what, where we're trying to go. You, you can't keep making this type of decision if you want to get to where you want to go. I like that. I know for me, when it comes to habits, I look at the fruits that they yield to determine if this is a good habit or a bad habit. I look at what comes uh, consistently doing this habit. And if it's something that serves me, I may keep it. I may tweak it to see if it can be improved, if there's something that can be improved about it. But if it's something that only brings me strife and stress and unfavorable outcomes, whether it's directly from that habit or if it's as a result of that habit affecting something else that affects something else. I try to look at it as I try to break it down and look at the fruits that that habit yields. I do the same thing. For me, I have a bad habit of people. I'm a chronic people pleaser. And I've been working on that in therapy. And I've gotten better, but I still fight the urge to do it. When I look at the fruit that it yields, like it leads to me, I just check my energy. And that's how I've determined that this was a bad habit for me. Um, Saying yes, I'm really going to say no, that kind of thing. And when I look at my energy after I'm like, I, I don't want to go, I get restless, I'm anxious, I'm mad at myself. And to me, if I'm going to feel all of that, then it's no 
thinking about it, it's not a good habit. So I'm in the process of trying to break it. I like what Irene has said about telling yourself no, because I'm going to do that to myself too. Whatever it is, the things that make me want to people, please, telling myself, listen, that's not important. Look at you. Think about you. Mm. So thank you for that tip, Irene. I'm going to definitely do that. But that's how I check my to see what is my energy like post the habit or post the decision to to continue the habit. I'm not doing good with identifying bad habits. I, I try and justify them. I'm going to take all y'all tips because these are really good things and I'm going to write them down and try and apply them. But my bad habit is social media. And I there is a documentary about the algorithm of how they make it really hard. So first I'm going to understand why is it really hard and what are they doing and try to stop myself and then look at the fruits that it yields. I know it doesn't give me anything, but that's like the things like I've been trying to justify that, oh, it's relaxing. Oh, it gives me creative energy. I get good ideas. But no, it, it takes a lot of time away that I can be applying to other things when I can go to the library and get information or something like that. So I have a bad habit of not identifying bad habits. I could instantly, I can instantly spill off a whole lot of things that are bad <laughs> with social media. Number one, people get a perception of who they think you are from social media. They count your money. They come up with all these different assumptions about who you are. And it, it takes away from people actually reaching out to get to know you for who you are. It's all about the perception or the vibe that they get from what they can see. And a lot of things can be misguided when you choose to not have a conversation over just taking it for which, and that's just one of the things. I think for me, it sets a false perception of life period mm -hmm. because most people only put the positive in their life. So a lot of people that are coming up like kids, they're seeing this, oh, my life has to be exactly like this. This person went through nothing. They're successful. And when they actually start to go through life and seeing the bops and ups and downs and stuff like they're starting to feel like this ain't right. I'm not doing something right or my life is not nothing. But I think for me, I had to learn like a lot of these people that are successful, they do go through things, but life is not like that for everybody. Everybody's life is different and don't expect your life to be like what you on social media. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll piggyback on that. I think a lot of people get drawn into social media, especially the heavy users of social media i feel like part of it that draws people in is the fact that you can build your own community on social media you can almost relate and and be somewhat associated with whoever you want to be associated with you can build your tribe and i feel like you can also control the narrative of your life on social media if you choose to because as they say a lot of people only post the positive things some people post negative things because some people need sympathy and pity and that's how they get all or whatever but the the fact is you have the power and the control to present your life in a way that may be true or may not be true but it's within your control to do that you can do whatever you want to on social media and present your life in whichever way that you want it to be seen as and i feel like for people who don't have that sort of control in their everyday life and they're just having to deal with the decisions of those people around them and how they how it affects their life being able to have that level of control 
and being able to have people view you any particular way that you want them to, I feel like it can be addictive. I think it can be addictive, Nelson. When you get the the, the likes and stuff like that, it begins to be a little addictive. And I think that's what pushes some people to start posting certain things or trying to live up to this new expectation that people have built for them. And then it leads to less authenticity. So I guess I wonder how to find a good balance with that. Who doesn't like a light or two, but how to remain authentic, even with that. Like for y'all, the podcast is doing very well. Also, it's coming back July 25th. Have your wine and stuff ready for Tuesday. It's coming back. But I guess like, how do you remain authentic in the midst of the I hate these words celebrity, but like the, or fame, I like the fame that you get from it. Like, how do you remain consistently authentic by not buying to all the hype and stuff? I guess that's the, maybe it's a fine line. I haven't, I don't have any fame, so I haven't struggled with that, but I don't, I wouldn't, me personally, I would consider the momentum that we have around the podcast fame. I would, but also me and they'll tell you, Every once in a while, I'll peek at the numbers. Every once in a while, I'll delve into what people are saying about the podcast. But for the most part, I don't really just get into it because I don't, and I don't feel like I'm the type of person that would li- that would latch on to that and just be sucked into that world of it. But that has never been a goal for me as far as the podcast or as far as social media goes in its entirety. I've never needed to be just validated in that sort of way. So that, that it doesn't do anything. You know, I've had pictures or whatever on social media that have gotten thousands of likes. I've had tweets that have gotten thousands of likes and then I would have tweets that got two likes. Like it just, it doesn't make, it doesn't make me, it doesn't make me feel any different because I complain about it. Like if people keep liking stuff, I'm like, God damn, I need to delete this. Like it just, it doesn't serve. It doesn't pour into me the way I think it does. Some people who kind of struggle with it, it doesn't build me up or give me this grandiose feeling about myself. I feel the same because I know that my my validation and my sense of worth doesn't come from social media. And I think that for me, when we first started the podcast, one of the things that all three of us decided was that we wanted to be 100% authentic. And... Milton and I actually attended a podcast summit and a lot of people were struggling with how to market themselves. And we, at the end of that, you know, we just decided like there was no need for us to try to figure out how to market ourselves because our personalities are the whole reason why we wanted to start a podcast. Our personalities were always authentic. We always love talking to people and helping people. And when we push our podcast the way that we do, we push it because we feel like we have something to say and we feel like people can benefit from who we are, being authentic, regular ass people who just want to see everybody else be them best best selves as well. So when we talk about certain topics, we're just being real. And sometimes we may have to edit out some things that could be controversial because we like to have real conversations and we want people to to take it the way that we're giving it to them because we mean we always want people to listen to our podcast and get off of it feeling different and being their best self so it's just all about selling your personality like you don't need to try to sell somebody else because then you have to try to keep up with that 
And y'all do that very well. It it really does sound like a conversation between three friends. So y'all do that very well. I want to say two things. One, Milton's most famous tweet I remember, and I think it was when I was at Tugalu, so this was happened had to be like 2019, was anything goes when it comes to hope. And oh, yeah. had different examples oh. of different things that go. Do y'all remember that? Yeah, I did say and it was just, it was very insightful to me at the time. I just wanted to share that. So Milton's been a content creator for a long time. But my last question I want to ask, because we talked about bad habits and stuff, but I want to talk about, ask this question, and anybody can answer. Have you ever just changed one little small thing or one you know, seemingly small habit that has produced like a big change or transformation in your life? Just one little thing. I know for me, I've always, and everybody they know you, Brian, I've always been very outspoken. I've always been the type to let you know exactly what I was thinking and how I was thinking it. And so as I've gotten older, I've learned that's not necessary. And, I, and at some point I did it because I felt like I wasn't heard a lot when I was growing up. And then it just became a habit. As soon as I thought something, I felt like I needed to say it because I needed to, I felt like I needed to be heard. But now... I, I don't see the point in it. I don't see why I need to always vocalize how I feel because sometimes the situation, doesn't, it doesn't matter how I feel. A lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's not my situation. It's not my cross to bear. It's, I'm so far removed from it. So I, there's no need for me to interject myself into those situations. And now that I've learned to do that, I feel a lot lighter because once I interject myself into things, I start to take on the stress of whatever that is. And it's it was never mine to deal with. And sometimes just being quiet is so loud. If you just be quiet, people can pick up what you're putting down. And there's no need for me to overexpress myself in a way that may make you think something opposite. I'm quiet and you feel how you want to feel, say what you want to say. For me, I just stopped overthinking and guessing myself. I come up when I have a decision to make in front of me. I'm the first answer that I think I came to that conclusion for a reason, right? I would trust myself. For me, it's how I parent. I feel like I heal a lot of childhood issues with changing my habit of communicating to a child, to my child, and how I discipline my child. That changing how I parent made me not overwhelmed as a mother and accepting of so much that my child has to offer and also allowing him to have a very positive space, even though he's young, to create and to talk to me. And I listen and he knows he may not be able to talk to other people, but he can talk to me and we talk about the craziest things. But just being mindful of that habit has made being a parent so much better. Yes, we are here for breaking patterns. It has been such a great discussion talking about habit because we know how much power they have over our life. And so since this season is about transformation, when we think about becoming a new person or a better person, a better version of ourselves, we need to make sure we do check our habits. And so I just started reading this book, Atomic Habit, that it's very good. He talks about building new habits by doing habit stacking. And he breaks down a way to build new habits. So I'm very much looking forward to finishing that and developing some new habits in my life. I want to develop uh, Denzel's habit of 
not overthink and just going ahead with it. That's something I really need to do. And what Milton said about not having to always speak on something, I do struggle with that sometimes. I don't like people to think that they got over on me because I feel like you think I'm dumb and I don't like that at all. But I, on my last job, I decided to just let it go and not do that. And I had so much more peace. And so I feel that is something, a habit I definitely want to keep. Uh, so we're going to wrap up. I thought about for a closing activity, I was going to bless y'all with a rendition of Bad Habit by Destiny's Child. But I decided not to. But if you want to hang around after the show is over, I am happy to fix the glass of wine and definitely give a show because I love that song. But I'm back with my hindsight cards I told y'all that I love. Built a Colentero card that I love so much. And this one says, it takes sacrifice to have a deeper relationship with self. And I think that's very true. And on the back, it says, at times we may have to let go of people or habits that no longer serve us. This is not a loss, but rather it's an opportunity. Take a seat and have an interview with yourself today. A seat at the table with your soul. There is so much more to you than you even know, but it takes sacrifice to have a deeper relationship with yourself. So I leave y'all with saying, take some time to be introspective and reflective and have an interview, not an interview, but an interview with yourself and learn about yourself and see what habits are serving me, which habits aren't serving me. What are some things I need to let go of? Kelly, Beyonce, that we're talking about letting go of a man. It may not be a man for you. It may be, you know, people pleasing. It may be your pride, whatever that thing is. Sit down and figure out what that thing is and say, okay, how can I let go of this? And we know that change doesn't come overnight. It, it does take, it's a process, but just the first step is just acknowledging what that thing is and then working toward letting go of it. Because Kelly said she prayed and the answer always comes that I can let you go, but and it's just hard to break this bad habit. So it may be hard for you, but find the strength to break the habit. Okay. We can do it. We got it. It's sure there. Absolutely. All right, y'all. It has been so fun spending time with y'all. Please be sure to uh, listen on all streaming platforms. July 25th at midnight. Season two is premiering of As Told by Millennials. Definitely have a listen uh, to that, y'all. Here's to developing some good habits and uh, breaking some old ones. All right. Thank y'all for having us. Thank y'all. We appreciate it. In the tapestry of personal transformation, the Pawn Journal Club weaves its threads with intention and purpose, providing a dedicated space where individuals can embark on their transformative journeys with mindfulness and deliberation. By creating this nurturing environment, the club empowers participants to be intentional in their pursuit of growth, fostering a deeper connection with themselves and others. The purpose of the Pawn Journal Club is to provide individuals with a dedicated space to be intentional in their engagement with their transformation journeys. It offers support, connection, and inspiration as participants share their stories, learn from one another, and foster a community rooted in growth. Within the live sessions, individuals find solace and support as they navigate their transformations. They share their stories, vulnerabilities, and triumphs, knowing that they are met with understanding and empathy. Their shared experience cultivates a sense of community 
where members uplift and inspire one another, fostering an environment of collective growth. Want to participate in the next Journal Club? Register at dpkpodcast.com or watch live via YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash at the Pond Journal Club.